0: A lot's happened
1: since yesterday. My friends, welcome to a brand new episode of A Lots Happened Since Yesterday. My name is Cody Walker.
0: My name is Ralph Busso, and today we have a special guest with us. Old Ligarchy Withers. I think I said that right. Oligarchy yeah, Withers. Right. Okay. You did it. Um yeah. how you doing, brother? Uh I got to tell you, man, the eclectic sound of your music actually took me back to many places that I've been before in the past, but I I couldn't pick a, a, I could not put my finger on your sound because you have your own original sound and that was very cool but man you took me back to the 70s the 80s the 90s the Hell 2000s yeah. you know what i mean you have it all it it it, it it's really cool dude i really like it um wh- where do you get your inspirations from
2: you know um that's a, that's a really good question and uh, first off thank you um I think that kind of nostalgic feeling, that bittersweet nostalgic feeling that you can't quite put, you know, you can't quite place it. Like, I can't say I've heard that before, but it makes me feel a certain way that I've felt before. Right. I think that's definitely one of the goals. So I really appreciate you uh, saying that Um, as far as um, inspiration goes, uh, I don't know, man. I think it's just the only way I can properly convey how I feel. You know, it's hard for me to put that into words sometimes. and I'm not very skilled at like mechanical or literal things. I've just always been really good at music and really drawn to it, really connect with it. And I don't know, it just kind of takes me to this only place where I feel like home when I'm playing music.
0: And well, you, kinda, I think
2: that's the best way I can put it, honestly. You,
0: you, you, you play a lot of different instruments and you sing mm-hmm. as well and you have a, a fantastic voice too. Yeah. And uh, I love your style and it's not, I, I, you know what I mean. It moves around, so it's not. And I love that. I hate when it's one, when a project or a band is in a box and they absolutely get outside of that box. But you get outside of the box. You move around. You remind me of so many different bands. I, it almost exploded my head trying to think of <laughs> <laughs> how to how to describe your sound because I was like, damn, there's so many different influences here, and I'm like. And yeah. It them off very well. It's so, very
1: ethereal, too. You have those, you have a lot of, you do delays and the reverbs, and you've got this very big, open big
0: sound. Yeah. There's so many classic yeah. elements involved as well. You know well, I mean? mean, I
1: started um, around the age of
2: like six on piano, and my first, first thing I ever learned was Beethoven. And I, oh, to wow. this day, I play a lot of classical piano, Beethoven, Chopin. Mm-hmm. And so there is a lot of different influence when I'm writing. Like, you got that classical music. Combined with a lot of like rock, uh, a lot of the more contemporary bands I've been with and played have been a lot of like rock, metal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've always been into really like you said, ethereal, ambient type music as well. So trying to just blend all of those together, I guess, without being stuck in like a specific box, like you said,
0: brother. You yeah. did a fantastic job. I gotta <laughs> you say, you really did. No, a lot right. of bands, a in lot all, of bands try to do the.
1: They, they try to do the. You know, yeah. We get a you know, we get a lot of interviews and we do I go through a lot of bios and you know, the the consensus is usually, you know, we're looking for our own sound by pulling the genres of others and molding it into our own. You legitimately yeah. <laughs> are one of the rare ones who have pulled it off. Because yeah, like Ralph said, when I first hear it yeah. I think, Oh, he's kind of a prog rock. No, that's not prog. What the fuck is that? Like that's more Oh <laughs> shit, he's got some heavy shit in you like it it just bounces all over the place. But it's cohesive. You you yes, manage to keep yeah, it cohesive. I think
2: that's the biggest part is and the trick to hard part to at least is trying to put them all in an album that makes sense together. Yes. You know, was, was definitely took a lot of consideration. Um, a lot of whittling down which songs I wanted to record, which ones I didn't, which ones may need to be like on a different album type thing.
1: Did you have a lot of material pull from, for this album?
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I'm always writing, uh, like I doesn't, Stop with me kind of thing like you know pretty much always writing so there's like 20 30 songs usually um i've got floating around (laughs) in limbo
0: well i gotta ask bro i know that you know and this is a tedious question because everybody's going to ask you this but our viewers are going to want to know who are your top three influences when it comes to
2: no I, i actually really like that question um it says a lot about a person and tells you like what they like to listen to too
0: um do you want
2: like more so like a specific instrument wise or just overall
0: you just tell me which ones have uh, influenced you the most because i hear so many different influences that i don't even know where to begin
2: um okay yeah for the most ones i'd say a lot of honestly beethoven tons of classical influence But more so, there's some Ramstein. Like when I was a kid, some of the first music I was into was like Ramstein, um, the Mudder album, especially. Uh, So I really love that just brooding, dark, um, you know, industrial almost uh, sound.
0: I could totally hear Um, that.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Motionless and white. Motionless and white. Big fan of them. I actually Mm -hmm. got to open them for them in high school. Nice. Uh, I love a lot of what they do. They're a lot of. They're more like the more contemporary artists, I'd say. And even like the Weekend, dude. Like I love the Weekend. Um, so I, I think a lot of different people I try to draw from.
0: Vocally, who do you think you sound more like than anybody else?
2: Wow, that's a new one. Um, I think I've gotten a little bit of Jared Leto. He's definitely one of my biggest influences, but I, I don't that. have the range that. he does.
0: I can hear that, actually. Yeah. That's funny that you said. So that. So
2: he's a right? huge influence for me. Uh, Johnny Craig is a huge, like, hero of mine vocally, just because his, I mean, he's a phenomenal vocalist, you know. Uh, but I, I don't have a voice like his. I don't know. What do you think? Like, I'd be interested to know what you guys
0: think. I, I picked up a, a Jared Leto feel. Yeah. I did. Okay, I, cool. I really I, did. I'm not going to lie. I the...
1: Your tone the tone of your voice, the tone color of your voice when you sing. I got um what's his name? This the lead singer of um of Opeth. Filter. Not oh, filter. Filter. Uh, filter too. I got um, a filter field.
0: Okay. What's cool. his name? Cool. I can um, tell you. <laughs> I can't remember his name. <laughs> but yeah, the, the lead filter. singer of Opeth as well. I, I wish name. I could think of his name. But dude, you had yeah, I love I love the feel, the classical parts of it sound fantastic. Uh, the industrial vibe, the dark wave vibe that you have to it, and I, uh, the vocals are just uh, just right, man. Yeah. You you got it all, dude. It's
1: Got a good balance. A one yeah, man I appreciate band, that, man. brother.
0: <laughs> dude, okay. You said you started <laughs> you started on piano.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, Piano's first love. Uh, around the age of six or so, you know, I just kind of sat there, and taught myself the release over and over again all day every day. Um, nice. And then guitar, I picked up around the age of like 14. And uh, that's what I went to school for at MI is guitar. So uh, I, most of my band is there. And then vocally, I always kind of sang, but I didn't really take it seriously until probably about 10 years ago.
1: Uh, so that's probably my most recent one. It's like vocals. Do well, um, when you write let's a song
0: to the musicians Institute, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, we're, yeah, we'll
1: get to MI, but when you write a song, do you play, do you usually write on piano or does it matter for you? Uh, Just kind of whatever suits the mood at the time, however the song comes
2: out. I think I typically tend to start with uh, one of three foundations. Like it's either a piano foundation, um, a guitar foundation, or a just hook foundation. So like either I'll come up with the piano part first, which will inspire everything else. I'll come up with a guitar part first, which will inspire everything else. Or I'll have the vocal lyric idea or hook Mm -hmm. in mind which will inspire everybody else. Nice. Nice. That's so it's typically one of those
1: three. Wow. And you were, you mentioned before we started, you moved to Cali to come to MI?
2: Yes, I did. I was about 18. I uh, oh, didn't uh, know a single person out there, man. It was
1: great time. You jealous know. as shit, dude. I've been a fan of MI for years. I'd considered going there. Yeah. It just was one of those things I didn't go to. But I'm a guitar player too, and I we went and did the tour, and I just fell in love with the joint. I wish I had gone. Oh man, I did that
2: tour too. I uh yeah, I worked like construction out in the desert, make saving up some cash to go. And I tell you what, man, like those are some of the best guitar players in the world that you get to learn from sometimes. Like Steve Vai's guitar player, like I got a few lessons with him. Oh. Uh, uh, Dave Weiner, you yeah. know. And then like Edgar Winner, I think. The Edgar winter guy, his guitar player, I got a few lessons with him. But just, you know, the amount you learn and your peers too, like some of my peers are doing amazing things in music now that I went to school with and like, they, they can run circles around me, you know, which is crazy, man. Some of them are just so talented.
1: And the idea of a place like that where you could just literally just immerse yourself in everything music, you know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to school. I went to, uh, I went to a university as a music major and that was fine. I, I got a bachelor's degree in composition. But the idea of being able to go in and go, my assignment is I have to get with other musicians in this school so I can record something. So you're really networking and working with everybody, you know.
2: That, Absolutely. And that, the fact that it's in Hollywood, too, man, it's like you also get the whole experience.
1: Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, man. I, I really wish I'd have gone. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> you know, hey.
2: I'm jealous you have a degree, dude. I didn't actually get to graduate. I uh, I got my first tour offer like a week before we graduated. And like I talked to all my teachers like, yeah, it's cool. Just take the test when you come back. No, something happened that didn't work out and I never really got to graduate. So, like,
1: <laughs> that's cool, man. I got my first tutor, you know. Well, and that's at the end of school school the day with MMI anyway. Like that's the point, isn't it? Is to get out yeah, there exactly. and get working. The, so, point.
0: the point is, is that you guys learned some theory and that that's the oh, point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, well, it,
2: I think it depends too with theory. Like sometimes for me, theory puts me in a box a bit. Yeah. I had to spend a couple of years actually, once I got out of school, kind of like unlearning everything I learned. And it's a weird thing to say, but like, uh, I had to kind of remember how to write again without going to like patterns or formulaic, uh,
1: Organization. Oh, God, you're so right. You're so right. I, Ralph you will remember I mean? this. When when I joined, his, when we and Ralph came together when, when I joined his band, Serpent Underground, fucking 10 years ago or something. And it drove, I know for a fact it drove them crazy because they would play something yeah. and <laughs> I'd go, that's good, but it isn't exactly how it should go. Why don't we do it this way? And they're looking at it going, look, that might be theory wise, but play with some feel, dude. Like, stop worrying about whether it fits yeah. in that box. You're absolutely right. And I know it, it drove them up the time. fucking wall. <laughs> it's a yeah i mean it's a, it's a weird phenomenon too it's like yeah i can't go to
2: a grocery store without analyzing what modes are <laughs> happening in the song yeah it drives me nuts
0: <laughs> do you have well, perfect pitch? You
1: know... what was that do you have perfect pitch no no no, no, okay. no
2: um i think i have relative pitch probably uh so like usually if, if you give me a root note like you say okay here's a d And then tell me any note compared to that D, I can tell you what it is. Um, And sometimes I can tell you, like, I think this is an F sharp minor. I'm not sure, but it kind of feels that way. I get that color, you know, like F sharp minor to me sometimes appears like orange. Right. um, Which is a trait of like
1: absolute and perfect pitch,
2: but I definitely do not have it. I just have like a good ear, basically. Yeah, I can't
1: remember what that's called when they see color due to notes. That shit's trippy. That's actually like, I don't know if I'd want that, you know, because.
2: It drive the me crazy. Smallest amount of something being off will drive you nuts. Yeah, you know, like if if someone blows their nose and it's not in the same key as like the wind outside. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> You're like I hate that color. <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> it would be really hard. Yeah, I I read something. This is gonna kind of divert, but this is something I literally read just before we came in here. And since you spent a lot of time in L.A., we damn sure did. Um, mm-hmm. did you ever play the Viper Room? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear they're getting ready to tear it down. Dude, I wish I could say I'm
2: surprised, but after they tore down the Key Club, the House of Blues, I think, is gone, right? Yep, yep. Um, I was, like, some of my last shows were at, like, House of Blues, Roxy, Key Club before they shut down, and I'm not even surprised, dude. It's really sad. Yeah. It's super sad, but... uh yeah, seems to be the tree.
1: It's bumming me the out, thing. man. They're turn they said they're turning it into a twelve story multi use facility. So there's gonna be shops and um, uh apartments and where oh, the fucking man. yeah, where the Viper room is. But they rest assured they'll keep the legacy alive. And I'm like, by oh, tearing man. out the club? What it's the hell, to man? Be a yeah, to be like a diet bar <laughs> absolutely like and that's the that that's what i loved about sunset like you know the bars yeah they were glory but when you walked in they're dirty and dingy and dark and stinky and, and they're supposed to yes, be that's exactly <laughs> but yeah that broke my heart when i read that man i'm like don't don't fuck yeah. up the viper room dude
2: yeah. one of my first shows in la was at the viper room i remember yeah being really excited because i was like oh my god i've heard of this place
1: yeah exactly yeah. the the legend of it is ridiculous
0: Mm -hmm. yeah the legacy of those uh historic hollywood venues is 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 definitely there and will be remembered i'm sure but you know how that works with history a lot of people don't know it anymore yeah you know yeah and
2: unless you were part of it uh you can't you never really understand the full picture i think like, you know, if you were like for us, like we've been there, you know, we played yeah. shows there, we like, you know, we're there in the scene. Yeah. We, we remember what it was like, but like,
1: yeah. Yeah, to people so, outside, it's just a fucking bar that's getting torn down. What do they care? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, on, and I get yeah, it, but still, it sucks.
0: There's so much yeah. history there. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted to ask you that uh, as far as arrangement goes, is mm-hmm. that something that you struggle with? I'm kind of
2: crazy about it. I'm like a sociopath about my arrangements, honestly. Like, uh, I, I wish I had the file on this computer, but I don't. There's like an Excel document I keep of every song I can remember writing, basically. And it's got uh, boxes for every single instrument correlating with a small audio recording on like a voice memo of an example of me performing that part. And then often I'll write out the music as well especially for something tricky like a guitar solo that's hard to remember years later, exactly what you were doing. Um, so I, I'm crazy about it, man. I'm super OCD um, (laughs) with my music writing at least. So It's incredibly organized typically. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, So
2: no, I don't, I don't really struggle with that part. I struggle with knowing when to turn it off. Like, my engineer will be like, no one uses as many tracks as you do. Like you have like (laughs) hundreds, you literally have hundreds of tracks on this song. And I'm like, oh, really? I didn't even notice. So the hard part for me is cutting it off, like at Mm -hmm. a certain point.
0: (laughs) So what do you do live-wise? I mean, how how does that Um, work out? Well, um, I would love to have like a full band together.
2: You know, if I have the budget to say like tomorrow, I'm just going to hire these people, I know who they'd be, like a lot of my friends from MI, you know, or um, who I choose to be in that band. Um, but until I have that budget, I typically have just been doing solo, like me and acoustic guitar, just singing a guitar. Um, a lot of the songs can be adapted to that pretty well. But I definitely am not happy performing them at that level. I want them to have all the parts going on, because there's so much going on.
0: So you're thinking about about hired guns, yeah? Yeah,
2: I'm too much of a control freak. Um, You know, I did the band thing for so long, and it's really hard for me to give control to other people creatively. And I also don't like when I feel like I'm putting in more work than everyone else. Mm. So I just kind of decided at a certain point, I'd just rather do all the work myself, own everything, you know, And then if i can at some point pay people for live performance
0: well what do you think about backing tracks live
2: i hate them i hate them man like uh i just don't it just doesn't feel authentic to me so i i've never really tried to ever use them in previous bands sometimes like a keyboard part is tracked but that's about it um i wouldn't use them honestly
1: what kind of band are you looking, like, you, if, you, if you had your dream idea of a band, like, how many people would be on that stage with you? I think it'd be, like,
2: five. five. Probably, like, two guitarists. Uh, I'd probably do, like, guitar vocals and then have, like, another dedicated guitar player, one bass player, drummer, and hopefully, like, a piano player. But I can always, you know, swap between piano and guitar. And you can cover a lot of ground that way live, with just piano and guitar. You know, yeah. So you don't always need two players. That's two true. Guitar players there.
1: Yeah, because if you had if you had one if you had another guitar player that could also play keyboards, you guys could just kind of swap off depending on exactly. what's going on. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So you 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 mentioned your you 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 always throw in extra tracks, and I I, I, I can totally understand where you're coming from. I think layering is is a huge part of the process, but. Mm-hmm live you you like to put on a more natural experience basically
2: absolutely like i think live i'm more of just like a rock and roll guy at heart um you know i do a lot of performance where i'm just playing like Beethoven type stuff at hotels and things sometimes Mm -hmm. so i have that side that kind of upscale gentlemanly whatever side but at heart i really like just you know having a sweaty dirty rock show you know turning my guitar up way too loud yeah so i yeah i'm i'm so guilty of that man i internally am just the guy pissing everyone else in the band off by
1: cranking the guitar (laughs) i can't i i have no idea what that feels like oh he knows (laughs) what's wrong I
2: can tell already. He knows what I'm talking. <laughs> about. I've pissed off no I don't know how many sound guys you on a know stage. how many
0: times I've yelled at this dude for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? The hey, bass you know, player's
1: too loud. I can't hear my shit.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. If you, yeah, that's part yeah, of it, man. Um Whoa. Yeah, sound, I am a. I am not a friend of sound guys. Sometimes. No, I'm not. I've, a I've, I've thrown a pie on stage and missed the target. You know. Oh shit! I've like. I used to kick my bass player off the stage, like literally kick him whenever I could (laughs) on the stage, you know? Uh, Yeah. Knocked over amps. At the House of Blues, actually, I knocked over their cab and stuff. Uh Oh,
0: Oh, Lord. I like to jump off off
2: things, you know? Oh, so you (laughs) like to get rowdy. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) I I like to get get rowdy, man. I like to jump off the cab, you know, when the mood is right. But you can't have that without a full band, on.
0: unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it comes off as kind of like a, crazy. What's the, yeah. uh crazy, yeah, yeah, sitting there with an acoustic like, guitar and comes off, off the stage. Comes <laughs> off like Gigi Allen or some, shit, you know, yeah. I mean?
2: you, you need to yeah. support there. There might be someone out there who's good at it, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not the one who can do it. So, <laughs> right.
0: are
1: you 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 mentioned you're not in Cali anymore? Where are you at right now? Uh, no, right now I'm in downtown Portland.
2: Um, you know, I was. Kind of like how you said L.A. is changing so much. Ugh. I was kind of feeling like it wasn't the place it used to be. And I, every, the people didn't seem the same for some reason. Yeah, And the, the way how the Sunset Strip is is a great metaphor for how it felt. Like it was less artsy materialism, more just
1: Vegas type materialism,
2: I guess. And so, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm just going to try
1: somewhere else. How's this scene out in Portland?
2: I haven't had much, uh, not much luck, honestly. Um, I'm talking with like a Hilton hotel out here right now trying to get a gig right there. Uh, but no, it's been hard to meet people too with the pandemic obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's why that was going to be my, my up was that I didn't know how bad COVID hit. Cause I mean, out here they just, they just shut us down completely. And yeah. we, we're still trying to recover from it, you know?
2: Well, I'll tell you, I mean, right before COVID hit, I had, I got this residency at this new wine bar um, up in northern Washington, like above Seattle. And I was making like 45 bucks an hour plus tips, like Damn. really good money. Um, and then the next week COVID hit and the whole bar shut down. And so like, yeah, it really did impact me, but more so a lot of musicians I know, like whose sole like job in life is music right now. Yeah.
0: So I I don't know if we covered this, but do you do record with a producer, right?
2: Uh, it's me and an engineer. Um, Oh, you an engineer. Okay. So I pretty much do all the production myself. I don't. He doesn't really give much creative input. I really rely on him for like technical input, though. He's any he is he does have some great ideas sometimes, like oh, you know, maybe that guitar's in the wrong frequency. It's too close to the piano frequency, and so they're getting muddy. You know, why don't you try maybe moving the guitar part an octave up or something, things like that he's really good at, but uh, all the creative control is kind of with me.
0: Do you do a lot of it in the box, or do you actually – get on the drums and record all. oh no songs. i
2: don't do any of the drums um okay. that's the one instrument i don't do on the album is the drums so like sometimes i'll have the part in my head mm. but I, all i can do is do the horrible mouth drums and try to tr- <laughs> try to translate it to the drummer um so the engineer uh i'm really lucky he's a good drummer so he'll just lay it down and oh, okay. he he likes the music too so he uh we're old friends actually he used to open for one of my bands um so he uh yeah he'll just drop on the kit and he gets into it he knows what the song wants you know the kind of good feel that the song deserves
0: okay i know no. well i i want to ask you a question that probably is going to irritate some people, but I'd like you to answer it Go for it, honestly it man. Yeah, if yeah. If you're down, what do you think about the current music scene today and how things are only being streamed? I
2: love I love that question, man. Um, Let's see. That's way I can put it, is that to me, it feels like we're valuing mediocrity a bit. Um, what I mean by that is, a lot of music you hear that's that's pushed and played, the majority of it that's pushed and played on radios and stuff, with exceptions, has a lot of formulaic repeated stuff. You can guess what chord's coming, you can guess what's coming. Like yeah. it's like you've heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't listen to the radio really, so I'm a little out of touch with what's current right now. So I don't know, maybe it's gotten better, but I just haven't felt like there's been much soul in music in a while. And I also can't really name the last time there was a real rock star. And maybe there's, maybe there won't be any more. Maybe that's just the way it's going to be. But I think that the world kind of misses that authentic rock and roll nature.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because currently in the current climate, it's, it's park everything and make more. You know, create as much as you yeah, can. Yeah,
2: so like money, marketing, image driven. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So who would it you, under, under your opinion, who would you say is the the last great rock star?
0: Hmm.
1: Let's see. You know, the first one that comes to mind is
2: kind of like the Guns N' Roses guys, you know? Um, yeah. As far as like huge rock stars um as far as like a, the most modern closest thing i could think of would maybe be the weekend like but i think he's more pop star if i had to choose you know hmm. but i don't know man maybe metallica but yeah there's not really that many people Dimebag Darrell, daryl maybe i think he
1: yeah, was Dime. more 90s right yeah okay yeah maybe yeah. maybe him hmm no you're right because i remember even um I don't remember. It was a while ago at this point, but even Nikki Six made that comment. Like, you know. Really? Yeah. He's go out there and be larger than life. Go out there and be the person that everybody's wanting to be. And you're right. They're not that. It's fit into this mold. Sell this way. We'll do this. And you're on your way and you're good.
2: Exactly, dude. I interned at this record label uh, for a little bit down in Cali. And it was so soul crushing to me to see like. It was just number of Facebook likes, number of like all social media driven for each band. And this was like 10, 15 years ago. So I can't even imagine what it's like now.
1: But isn't that isn't that kind of the inevitable evil now? Because I mean, like I I don't like it
2: personally, because I think it ruins some of the mystique between the artist and the fans. Like, you know, maybe in the 60s, like if you wanted you didn't know what your favorite musician was eating for breakfast every day yeah and i Mm -hmm. think that kind of gave you this sense of like anticipation and appreciation for when you did get to see them you know and it it was a more larger than life experience
0: yeah there's there's something to be said for mystery
2: exactly man and like knowing everything isn't a good thing i don't think sometimes no not necessarily but i got
0: one last question for you brother yeah um because uh, this is, you mentioned that uh, it's become more about image. I, I, I want to go into that for a second. What are your cool. thoughts? Um, because you obviously have an image. You have some yeah, tattoos. Yeah. You have piercings. Uh, yeah, I've got tattoos. Um, we have facial hair, long hair. You know what I mean? We, we go into the image. What are your thoughts about that? Does uh, Do you think that that's a necessary evil? Because we've got bands like Rob Zombie and uh, uh, Static X, and uh, you mentioned yeah. uh, uh, Rammstein. Rammstein. Yeah. they're big on the image thing. Um, what What are your thoughts? I mean, is it is it a necessary evil in order to get? No, people?
2: I don't think it is a necessary evil. And to me, it's not an evil at all. I will put it this way: if you're if you're dressing up a certain way because it helps you get into character, it helps fit what your band's about you know like motley crew when they first started i think did like a mad max type thing you know and generally evolved into their own personal style you know and there's so many examples that do that i think if it's with the intent of making money and marketing it's not necessarily a bad thing because the band's got to survive somehow right you know um but when it's to look like someone else that's where i think the line because at that point, you're not being original, you're not being inspired. You're just copying someone else because you're either too afraid to come up with your own or you don't know what your own is.
0: Mm, that's interesting. So uh, you, what are your thoughts on some of these bands that have been coming out recently that sound and kind of mimic the look also, but more the sound of some of these bands in the past, like Led Zeppelin, Led um, and uh, corn, there are two bands. Um, the Led Zeppelin band, what are they called again, Cody? Uh, are you
2: talking about like a Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van Greta Van yeah, Fleet. Yeah.
0: Yes, that's okay. Um, and,
2: I, I kind of like them because they're kind of paying an, an homage to like a time, um, that's not really around anymore, and they do it in a really good way from what I've heard. It sounds authentic to me, so like, I think it's cool.
0: So you give those guys a pass, you like it.
2: Um, well, I I don't know. I'm not familiar with a huge amount of their catalog. I think I have two of their songs.
0: So okay.
2: uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the ones I have, I like. Um, and that's for, what it comes down to with me is like, if I like the song, like, does do I like how it makes me feel? You know, hmm. at the end of the day, that's the most important part for me.
0: Right. Wow. What do you think about tribute bands and cover bands?
2: I mean, you know, if that's what you want to do, sure uh nothing wrong with that uh personally i've never been in a cover band or trippy band and i don't think i could um it would just feel wouldn't feel right to me i guess but if someone else gets their kicks or their job out of that all the power to
0: them what do you think about doing covers even in an original project i
2: think i think they're awesome if you do it tastefully you know like uh yeah, there's there's some songs like I was toying around with like covering like an Amy Winehouse song like Back to
1: Black. Oh, nice. <laughs>
2: or just putting like an interesting spin on like older songs from like the, I don't know, 20s even. But uh, yeah, if it's done tastefully and it's not like something you rely on as a crutch, they're mm-hmm. cool. I think they're cool. I know. Very
1: cool yeah cuz like disturbed was traditionally they always did at least one per album and they but they always did it yeah, well yeah. they did it they kept it to them you know they didn't just Exactly. Do it no, up there's nothing cover. wrong with that i don't think
2: the idea of a cover is to like i think breathe a little new life into a song and do it in like your own way it's kind of different and helps kind of reinvigorate that original energy that was exciting about it my mom.
0: So what would you say is your favorite if you had to pick one and only one? Mm. What is your favorite genre? Ooh,
2: man. Uh, That's I'd, a I'd fucked up just...
1: question, Ralph. <laughs> 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 um, if, uh, if I only
2: got one to eat, like to listen to for the rest of my life, I think I'd go with like, like post-hardcore metal probably. Hmm.
1: Okay, I, I, what is po- po- who, who is post hardcore? Like, give me a, give me some bands so I know <laughs> who you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, like Emma
2: uh, Rosa, of Machines, um, maybe some Motionless in White. Uh, Double Wars Prada was kind of the first big post hardcore band I considered post hardcore and really got into. Okay, uh, in my early bands. So, yeah, like those, that kind of like early 2000s scene kid, v neck, metal with the skinny jeans. I've got a, uh, I've got a soft spot for that stuff.
0: Yeah. Do, you, do you think Motionless and White um, is comparable to Marilyn Manson on any level?
2: Yeah, yeah. I've read uh, Marilyn Manson's book. And like I mentioned, I actually opened for Motionless and White um, back in high school once. And so I've met the guys, and Chris was a super nice guy, super cool guy. Um, Yeah, I think there are a lot of uh, similarities you can make, obviously. Um, But I do think they have a lot of differences, too.
0: Hmm. Right on, definitely. Good band. I like both of them. Yeah,
2: I like both of them. I like both Maryland Manson and (laughs) Motionless. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Dude, it's been great talking to you, man. Um, yeah. Th- thanks for coming on with us. Uh, Cody, did you have anything else to ask him? Um,
1: no, we covered everything I had on my list. Dude, you're a great guest. Ooh. It was really cool to talk to. Oh. Really easy to talk oh, to, which you. is what I love.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Well, thank you guys for having me, man. It was good to talk to you. and I I, I really appreciate that you were going places with the that aren't exactly comfortable questions sometimes for a lot of people and kind of controversial. But I think that that's kind of what is necessary right now. Like, yeah, that's what we need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. With you. So, I, well, brother, it was great talking to you, ladies and gentlemen. Please check out old old guard. Dude, help me. <laughs> <laughs> oligarchy, oligarchy, with <laughs> oligarchy with us. It's a it's a weird name, but it's cool at the it same is. time yeah. because it stands out. Oligarchy with us. Check them out. The music is really fucking good. I got to be honest with you. I was taken back. I was listening to it, and I was going, damn, this is this is some badass shit, you know? So, Man, thank you. No, man, I really liked it. I, it had so many different influences, but there was nothing you could tie it down to, not necessarily. That,
2: that's wow. one of the coolest things someone told me about it, honestly. Is that, no. you know, it reminds them of all these, uh, of their favorite, a lot of music they like, but yep. they can't point out which one.
0: Exactly. I, I love that. That's yeah. why I didn't even want to make comparisons. There were a few bands in my head, uh, and I was just like, Oh, should I say something? And I'm just like, No, you know what? Because it it doesn't sound the same. It's it's reminiscent, I guess, would be the Oh, one. I yes. love that. But you know love what that. I mean? But it was not st- you're not stealing somebody's sound. No. So yeah. And that's yeah. what I that's what I loved about it. And I dude, I'm a fan now. So you know well, but, hey man, I I yeah, if you guys
2: like uh I'd love to hear if you just like if you get a moment and you wanna just share like what you what you thought about certain songs, you know, which one's your favorite, I'd love to hear about that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Absolutely, brother. And, we'll have um, you back uh, on again. Yeah. What's the name of the album that you that you're putting out? The right uh, album
2: is called "Until There's Nothing Left to Imagine." Okay. And it's on. out now. Yeah, it's out now. Uh, all major streaming sites: Spotify, Apple Music, all that.
1: Um, it's it's on pretty much all the ones I can think of. Love it. Okay. Love it. And then, uh, as we wrap up, where can people find you? Where's the best way to track uh, you down?
0: Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. The- <laughs> um, <laughs> Pornhub. And, so
2: uh, <laughs> and so hopefully it's, uh, you know, in person somewhere.
0: Right on. Well, we will have all the links below, brother. Absolutely. So everybody right, check out those links and go check out the music. I'm sure you will appreciate the art that this man is putting together. So until next time, thanks for watching. A lot's happened since yesterday
1: everybody go support oligarchy withers they're bringing it around making some great shit happen you're gonna love it until next time take care of each other take care of yourselves be good humans always fucking forward peace